Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news relating to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. And now, here's your host of Lickin' on Lending, David Lickin'. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Good to have you dialing in. For those that are listening on a download basis after the fact, this is the Monday, March 6th podcast, 2017. It's good to have you with us. If you're noticing a slightly different audio in my voice, it's because I'm broadcasting live from my hotel suite here in Las Vegas, attending the LMA Users Conference and looking forward to getting over there. And I flew in last yesterday, went and saw the Blue Men last night. Love that show. Really entertaining. Very innovative. And what's so interesting, my wife is reading about the, the program and the amount of innovation that goes into that. It keeps it current. It's been going for 25 years. And the reason it stays successful is because of innovation, which is a great segue into what's going to be our hot topic today. We've got Kyle McCray. Coming on from American Pacific Mortgage. And also, we got a surprise guest we picked up on the airplane. I kid you not. Sat next to the guy that is a superstar in soccer and is doing some innovative things. I invited him to come in. So, we're going to be talking about innovation in the Hot Topic segment. Very excited to have you, our regular listeners, on the program and also telling others about it. It literally just amazes me. Everywhere I go, I'm getting people stopping me saying, listen to the regular program regularly, love it, and uh, so glad that we're a part of it. So we've got the, uh, Joe is out, but we've got Paul uh, dialed in. I see he's in the line, and we've got everyone else pretty much teed up, ready to go. So let's get into it. Again, this podcast is created by Mortgage Professionals. It is for mortgage professionals, and we're the proud recipient of the Progress in Lending Innovation Award. Innovation is the topic of the day, and we're going to again have uh, that as the, the, the main area, talking about some innovative things that are going on in the industry. Let's first of all, I'll say a big thank you to our sponsors. And for those of you that are hearing the digital artifacts going on in the background, it's bugging me, but we're just got to put up with it here on this podcast. So like Andy was saying, sounds like Star Wars going on in the background out there. But anyway, we're, in, we're calling from Las Vegas. kind of seems like another planet sometimes here on the Strip, but um, we are live, and we're glad to have you with us. Arch MI, the creator of the new innovative Raystar program. Very pleased to have their sponsorship, and the merger is going well. In fact, the merger is now complete with UG, and a lot going on about that. Also, Motivity, by the way, we're going to have David Gansberg come on and talk later on, uh, not in this podcast, but in a couple upcoming podcasts. Looking forward to having him on, giving us an update on all that's going on there. Also, I was with Tyler Sherman of Motivity Solutions at the Mortgage Collaborative Conference that was going on this last week in the uh, Scottsdale area. It was wonderful to sit down with him, hear about all that's happening. Again, uh, what they have is a wonderful reporting dashboard scorecard. We're going to hear a little bit later about the KPI of the week. Also, Velma, very efficient, effective mortgage marketing and email platform that helps you get your message out. Simplify, real-time electronic communications exchange. Thrilled to have 
that partnership as well as all of them. Mortgage Collaborate talked about them, the power of the network, and boy, it was evident last week. Very powerful what we are hearing. And Doug Duncan gave a presentation. I'm going to be talking a little bit about that in some of the comments in just a minute. Also, DNH moving your world forward through technology. They've been in business for 140 years with 5,500 employees uh, worldwide, supporting 8,000 clients in 70 countries. And we're thrilled to have them. They have the Mortgage Bot all-in-one LOS that is now mobile-ready and can work as a mobile app. Very effective. Very excited to see some of the things develop. A lot of innovation going on there as they continue to grow. But I also want to say a special thank you to Alice, Andy. Joe Farr's not on us, but we always thank him for his contribution. I'll be reading his notes in a minute, as well as Paul Mala as and Sam Garcia, then a special guest. So thank you all to you for taking time to listen. Quick update, we got the March 26th and through the 29th, the National Mortgage Technology Conference and Expo going to be there doing a live podcast from DNH's booth at the Hyatt Regency in Chicago. Also, April 30th through May 3rd, the National Secondary Marketing Conference will also be doing a live podcast from there. Lots of things going on. Check it out at the MBA Conferences and Education. I also want to say... While you're there, sign up for the Mortgage Action Alliance. Very important. Learn more about this. You can just Google Mortgage Action Alliance or MBA conferences. Very happy and pleased with the partnership we have with them. Normally, we'd be tossing the mic to Joe Farr, but Joe is uh, at another conference. He and I were together at the Mortgage Collaborative last week. He's at another conference this week, so I'm delivering the notes. So let's go through it real quickly. Last week, there was rough on mortgage rates. MBS prices fell 29.30 seconds during the week. Mortgage rates rose another eighth of a point. Strong data and strong warnings from the Fed were the primary concerns for last week's report. Also, the first data that's really coming out is durable goods, uh, showed great improvement. Chicago PMI far exceeded expectations. And the same for the IMS, ISM Manufacturing Index and the ISM Index Services Index. Again, we're showing the very strong numbers. Core PCE rose, and then you look at the, week, uh, the weekly jobless claims fell to the lowest level since 1973. And here's another one that's just blowing a lot of people's minds, especially the negative media out there trying to just bash everything that Trump's doing. And that is the consumer confidence at the highest level since 2001. A lot of good things going on in the economy, a lot of optimism. I was talking to Doug Duncan about this, and he gave a presentation, really good presentation. And uh, uh, we were sitting around afterwards talking about some of this. And he says, what we're hearing about millennials, and we're going to hear about this in the Hot Topic segment, it's just not true. Millennials are, wanting, are following very similar patterns to previous generations. The fact that they're not interested in uh, buying a home is just false, said Doug. And it's based on Fannie Mae's researchers, and they have some pretty good resources that they, have, that they pull on. The problem with the millennials, what delayed them, is having a job that will sustain a home pay, house payment and a purchase. And so they're being very financially responsible. That's what's holding them off. It's not that they don't have a desire to. So when they find jobs, they find the spouse that they want to marry, and they get married and start families, it's going to follow the same cycle that the other generations have. That was encouraging as I listened to him talk yesterday, uh, last week on Friday. And uh, so good news for that, lots of good news. Doug really was saying consumer confidence is just really surprising to people. But here's what he also added. If Trump's policies and some of the programs he's putting in place do not have the impact, do not take hold, we could see consumer confidence rush fall over 
and set ourselves up for a, uh, a recession. So a lot of concern, a lot of eyes, and you know, how long is the, the general consumer going to give uh, the Trump time and his policy to take hold? Well, that's where the debate starts, and uh, many of us think it may be not as long as he would probably want. So we're hoping for the sake of the country, whether you voted for him or not, we're all hopefully hoping that this can go well. Anyway, pending home sales were on the downside. That was really concerning, as was construction spending and the fourth quarter GDP. So there were some misses to the downside. The pending home sales number was probably the one that is a result of rising interest rates. Construction spending, we'll have to... Again, that's a large, broad topic, including apartments, commercial, so a number of areas there. But the general strength of data and the comments were what contributed to it last week. Throughout the week, Fed speakers, one after another, warned that the market data warranted a rate hike sooner than later. No surprise to any of you watching the news or listening to um, we're getting Joe's updates from MBS quote line. But really, we're anticipating higher rates. This week, we've got the ECB meeting that's coming out on Thursday, and then a 10-year auction on Wednesday. We'll be paying close attention to that data. So lots of interesting information, and we'll be keeping you posted. But if you want to check it all out, go to mbsquoteline.com. And we're going to be right back after this brief word and an update on all that's happening out there. So stay tuned. We'll be back with Paul Malo right after this update. Looking for that competitive edge? MBS Quoteline delivers live market coverage for originators. Get up-to-the-minute mortgage market news and analysis as events occur. Get MBS prices as trades happen. Straight to your computer, email, cell phone, or PDA. Know in advance when your investors will reprice. Make better lock float decisions and increase your income. Be the expert your clients expect. And know what's moving interest rates right now, tomorrow, and beyond. MBS Quoteline, delivering live market coverage for originators. Learn more about MBS Quoteline today at MBS mbsquoteline.com mbsquoteline.com 646-716-4972 the Lincoln on Lending show is back here is your host David Lincoln so good to have you with us and we have Paul Malo joining us today good to have you with us Paul apologize for the static at least you could hear me you just got a little static on the live so it's good to have you friend yeah Check you know for those that have not signed up. Sorry, Paul, I'm jumping this real fast. I want to make sure we get everyone sure. alerted how they can sign up your email. If you have not done so, listeners, I'm telling you, go to the website that Paul has. It's a great website, imfnews.com. At the bottom of that, you'll see uh, the daily website that he. Well, I mean, it's, it's updated constantly, but you'll see down at the bottom how you can subscribe to the newsletter. Put in your email address. It'll land in your email box. Really important. Great coverage of what's happening. But you don't have to dial in right this moment because we got Paul Mahalo here with us. Still, go sign up for it. So anyway, Paul, what's on the headlines here? Well, uh, let me see. Redwood Trust. This is interesting. They're they're reading the third Jumbo MBS of the year. And then the reason this is notable, because if you know the Jumbo MBS business, they did three last year. <laughs> so here we are. Yeah. It's March uh, 6th, and they're already doing the third deal. They did three last year in 12 months. So is the Jumbo MBS business back? Well, I would say no, not necessarily. No. But the yeah. fact that you know they're citing uh, better profitability on these deals, that's good news, and uh, hopefully we'll see more more Jumbo MBS hit the market. And as if anyone's been reading uh, Inside Mortgage Finance on our related pubs and, and IMF News or Web Daily, knows we're, we're seeing a lot of interest in non-agency, non-prime. Securities hitting the market. We know Citadel's working on one. 
uh, Angel Oak, uh, and the list goes on and on. It's it's very interesting times out there. So uh, that's good news for liquidity in that sector, which is not the crazy subprime loans of the last decade. These are right. more, shall we say, uh, stringently and carefully underwritten products where the LTVs are rarely any higher uh, than 90%. And most of the securitizations, I think, the LTVs have been in the 60 and 70% uh, range. So that's good because there's a whole group of people out there who need credit. A lot of them are self-employed, and they're just not getting it. Uh, story number two, which is the, uh, you might say it's the topic du jour in Washington over the weekend. Um, <laughs> no <kidding. you> know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, what can we say? Uh, the, the Trump wiretap uh, accusation allegations against former President Obama you know, we don't care as far as the mortgage industry goes because it's not a mortgage story per se. But if this whole thing gets bogged down and, and slows down this administration and this Congress and getting legislation passed, what does it mean for, um, you know, revamping Freddie and, uh, Fannie and Freddie? Um, the Cowan, uh, Cowan and Company, which uh, they do a nice little job of looking at all these issues, they put out a report over the weekend, you know, basically saying, uh, that it, it could mean that legislation is going to get passed in 2018 because uh, Treasury's not going to be doing anything and they're going to be too tied up with everything else they're doing. Uh, and so the ergo, the chances of GSC reform passing in 2018 probably got a little better. Uh, people, there was there was some scuttlebutt that Treasury might come out and do something with the net, swar- uh, net worth sweep, change the terms of that. That was strictly rumor. Uh, right now, in, Treasury's got to worry about that budget. Uh, it's got to worry about tax reform. Anyone who thinks GSC legislation and reform is going to happen this year, I think they're sadly mm-hmm. mistaken. At least that's what yeah. I've been told, and, and that's what it looks like. And this whole Obamagate, whatever they're calling it, thing is uh, <laughs> going to slow whatever momentum uh, Trump may have gained from that speech last week. Uh, and quite frankly, it's just a mess. <laughs> so yeah, it is. Throw yeah. it out there, folks. You know, make 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 a make what you will of it. Um, I'm not taking sides, but it, boy, uh, it's certainly uh, just when you think things have calmed down a little in Washington, uh, this one comes out of left field. So, anyway, yeah. Jeannie May issuance uh, took a tumble in February. Uh, that's not surprising given what's been going on with refis and purchase business going down. But compared to the same month a year ago, Jeannie May issuance was up. Uh, you know, we're still trying to figure out what the origination market's going to look like this year. I'm hearing a real mixed bag. Some guys are quite optimistic. Some are doing pretty good purchase business so far. The refi piece is uh, obviously looking a bit ugly. But the interesting thing, as I think I've pointed out before, we haven't really heard about any massive layoffs at any of the top lenders yet, uh, unless they've somehow uh, kept it quiet. Uh, but who knows? Uh, Freedom's out there. They filed, uh, uh, not filed per se, but they're probably held company. They're uh, doing a $450 million senior secured term loan. Uh, that was rated by Fitch, and one of the things they uh, say in there, Fitch, that is, they think Freedom is going to be a buyer of mortgage servicing rights. Uh, I should point out that Freedom is already ranked number 18th, uh, and uh, they're privately held. They're an aggressive company, a smart company. Stan Middleman owns most of the stock or all of the stock, and uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, what they do in the year ahead as far as mergers and acquisitions. Uh, we have a report from the Federal Bank, uh, Reserve Bank in New York. About home equity, the good news is more home equity out there than uh, in, in quite some time. But people aren't tapping their home equity, and maybe that's a good thing. Uh, they're being real careful about uh, what they do and uh, using their houses as ATMs. Uh, a lot less debt going on, and maybe that's a good thing. 
uh, the short takes uh, session uh, section of Inside Mortgage Finance Web Daily. We talk a little bit about the Bank of California deal. Uh, Joe Garrett, a consultant, weighed in on that. The guy running the Bank of California Mortgage Group is a guy named Ted Ray, uh, and he's got good uh, he's got a good track record. And Joe thinks uh, Caliber, which is buying Bank of California's mortgage yep. group, should basically leave him alone. Uh, Security National settled the latest settle FHA underwriting allegations. They've agreed to pay $4.25 million. Uh, and I also should point out with um, a bit of sad news, uh, mortgage industry vendor CoreLogic, their president's EO, uh, Anad uh, Nalathambi, I'm not sure I pronounced it correctly, unfortunately, uh, passed away on March 2nd after a brief illness. Uh, so uh, our condolences to him yes. and his family. Frank uh, Martel will take over uh, in, in his replacement. So that's all the news that's fit for today. Well, some great news on your website. I encourage our listeners to go get signed up, imfnews.com. I think you're going to be reporting a lot on mergers and acquisitions. I heard about the bank. I was aware of the Bank of California one. I talked to their executives at the IMB conference, and I was highly confident that was going to be happening given some of the woes that they've, the Bank of California has been uh, dealing with. So I think that would right. be good. Caliber's they're, they're doing a good job with some of the stuff they're doing. I met with a lot of people from Caliber at the um, Texas Secondary uh, Texas TMBA Secondary Conference where I spoke, and a lot of them came up afterwards, and we had a good uh, friends I've had for years. So I'm, I'm anticipating that going well. Caliber's sharp group. So we'll see. Shall see, but it's great website. Yeah, they're now, they're now the second largest wholesaler, by the way. Yeah. I should point that out. Their number yeah. number one is United Wholesale in uh, in the Midwest, and then uh, Caliber's number two. Interesting. Yeah. I think this is going to be uh, this is one of those companies to watch and pay attention to. So we'll see how it goes. Now, a lot of people say after acquisition of Caliber, such as what's happened, then things deteriorate, but not not so much. So look forward to seeing what happens. Anyway, good to have you with us, Paul. I always love your website. Check it out regularly. You have a great week, and look forward to seeing you back here next week, friend. Appreciate it. You too. Enjoy the blue man. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was wonderful. <laughs> Go see yeah, him was again. Great. Yeah, yeah I, I, you can see him. You know, every time you come here, because it's a new act. It's uh, it's the innovation. That's what we're talking about later in the program. So it'll be good. Well, appreciate you, man. Moving along, we're going to get out to one of our sponsors, Velma. We're going to be right back after that with uh, Alice Alvey, who's on the line. Be right back. Are you using one of those expensive CRMs that your loan officers won't use? If so, then give my friends at Velma a call and let them help you create a customer journey that relies on the data and not on loan officer interaction. I encourage you to consider working with Velma to create a truly automated marketing experience for your organization. Velma makes marketing automation easy. Schedule a demo today at Velma.com, V-E-L-M-A.com. Simplifile has technology that gives you the ability to collaborate with settlement agents via real-time chat and messaging, allowing you to track changes, send, receive, and validate documents, as well as obtain status updates and deal with issues as they arise. All of this in a real-time electronic communication exchange. And best of all, you have a complete audit trail of all communications. To learn more, go to Simplifile.com or call our good friend Nancy Alley at 1-800-460-5657. So good to have you with us, everybody. By the way, one of our listeners we got a chance to talk to just before we went live, turned on his mic, so if you dial in, I try to get as many of you on and talk. We've got Chris from the National Capital Bank of Washington dialed in. Chris, 
I want to just say thank you so much for taking the time to listen and telling others about it. It's really fun to connect with people, and we have them all over the nation, and there's a bunch of them dialed in today. So most listen on a uh, dial through the web, but Chris is dialed in, so we always like it. When you dialed in, you get a chance to get turned. We turn on your mic, and you hopefully get a chance to visit with you. So, Chris, appreciate you tuning in here with us. Let's move over to Alice Alvey. She's out here at the LMA conference with me. Hope to be running into her a little bit later on this afternoon. Good to have you on, Alice. Thanks, Dave. Yes. Oh, no, Chris. All right. Thanks for listening live. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and, all right. Well, yeah. So, you know, Paul brought up an interesting point with the uh, turmoil that we have going on um, in the administration right now for all the other things that aren't mortgage related. Uh, it'll be yeah. difficult to see whether or not anything on our list starts to, you know, get any attention. So I certainly want to make sure that you know what that list is. Uh, we're not seeing co-sponsors jump into bills, right? We just don't see any attention to a lot of the stuff that's out on the table. But this is a reminder, what is out there is really kind of the usual fare of legislation that gets introduced every single time we have a new Congress. So let me give you, you know, just kind of some numbers that, to let you know we're watching that HR 1321, there's a, a bill out there for, to keep a cap on HUD's MIP, right, making sure that there's some freedom and some regulation and caps there to watch um, if FHA should be looking at reducing their MIP premiums. We've got the Mortgage Choice Act, which is really the big one that we're hoping to see some movement on. This is where there would be the changes to anything in Dodd-Frank. Um, it was referred to committee on February 16th, but again, that's not a lot to go on. You know, at least the committee's going to look at it. Sometimes they get to it, sometimes they don't. Um, there was an interesting bill out there, or is, I should say, uh, Senate Bill 310, where the housing finance agencies want to be able to accept the donated appraisal. Now, the HFAs do a lot, right? I'm sorry, I, I said that wrong. Not the housing finance agency, the uh, Habitat for Humanity. Habitat, HFA. Yes. Habitat for Humanity. I'm sorry, a totally different segment. So Habitat for Humanity does have a, a very interesting program, um, you know, 0% interest. They really do help um, with a lot of um, home financing, especially in the new construction area. So this concept of a donated appraisal actually needing legislative attention is interesting. So um, we'll see how that may impact that market. Certainly trying to keep PMI as a deduction, debt forgiveness as, a, as a, um, uh, an act that it stays ongoing and becomes permanent. And then, of course, um, H.R. 516 trying to reduce the limitation on mortgage interest deduction. Um, so we'll be watching this certainly as uh, President Trump talks about changes in the tax code. We want to make sure we don't lose our mortgage interest deduction, and we'll keep, the, keep you informed on anything that may happen there. Now, a couple of other quick reminders. Uh, Fannie Mae did issue selling announcement uh, 1702. There were some immediate changes there that are related to your uh, day one certainty, so make sure you check those out. Uh, we've been talking to lenders a lot about their comfort level with day one certainty, and there just still seems to be a little hesitation with some borrowers in signing over their passwords and IDs for asset validation. So income's not a problem, but when it comes to that asset, you know, you brought up the millennials earlier. The millennials are fine. They'll sign it over to anybody. They're so used to getting out <laughs> passwords and IDs. So there does seem to be a generational um, issue there with when they're finding customers are willing to sign over for that uh, asset password information. At least that's what a lot of our customers are seeing right now. So we'll watch the adoption for you on that. 
Um, Freddie Mac also issued a big more, uh, memo that is worth checking into, lots about different income calculations uh, that need to uh, get some attention. So make sure you've got somebody on your team uh, checking into Freddie Mac's recent memo regarding underwriting. So that's my report for today, Dave, and I'll turn it back Good to you. Good job. Looking forward to seeing you a little bit later on in the uh, in the conference. Very much appreciate it. Check out Alice. You want to learn more about Mortgage You and Alice Alvey and get signed up. Listen to this ad. We'll be right back after this brief break. If you have questions about mortgage regulations, Indicom Mortgage You has free answers. If you need ideas about how to reinvent your organization, Indicom Mortgage You will share great ideas. When you need help at any step of the loan process, give us a call or send an email. The Indicom team of experts have been helping mortgage players from origination through servicing for over 30 years. Your success is our focus. Whether it's a quick question or long-term support, portfolio, conventional, or government lending, it's a competitive market. So let Indicom Mortgage You give you the edge. The Mortgage Collaborative was founded by former chairman of the NBA, John Robbins and David Kittle, and leaders at the forefront of the diversity movement in the real estate industry, Jim Park and Gary Acosta. The Mortgage Collaborative is the nation's only independent cooperative. The Collaborative provides its members the opportunity to meet and form meaningful relationships with top mortgage professionals and leaders in our industry. In a relationship-driven business such as ours, often who you know is as important as what you know. To learn more, go to mortgagecollaborative.com or call Rich Swarbinski at 440-552-0691. The power of the network. So good to have all our sponsors. Thank you to all of you. And we're also grateful for Sam Garcia taking time to dial in from Mortgage Daily. Sam, good to have you on. Check it out, mortgagedaily.com. What you got, friend? Hey, David. Got some, uh, got some interesting headlines from this last week. Um, first up, we get data from EMBS, and that indicated that fixed-rate agency mortgage-backed securities issuance totaled $94.3 billion in February. That turned out to be the lowest volume since February 2016, so the lowest, slowest month for agency issuance in a, in a year. Um, leading the decline was Fannie Mae, where issuance sank by a third uh, from the prior month to $35.4 billion. So I'm sure we're just seeing some of the fallout uh, from declining refinances as have been projected. Um, Freddie Mac, in its uh, February 2017 economic housing forecast, uh, said purchase financing is projected to reach $1.128 trillion this year. And Freddie raised its forecast from the prior month's uh, outlook when it projected $1.084 trillion. So I, I suspect we're going to keep seeing this throughout the year, uh, increases in expected purchase money activity, um, you know, as lenders try to make up for some of that lost refinance business. Moody's issued a report last week uh, indicating that while rising home prices have been good for mortgage investors and in lowering their risk, um, cash-out transactions are increasing the risk. Uh, because they're growing, uh, customer, you know, borrowers, homeowners are getting more comfortable now that they have uh, equity in their homes to pull out some of these, uh, to take the cash out on their homes, and uh, that's creating more risk for investors. And in addition, because junior lien cash outs are starting to increase, that puts uh, first lien investors at a, in a little more risky position too. So um, that's what we heard from Moody's at least. 
Um, our mortgage market index climbed 13% last week from, from the week that included President's Day, um, and that index is an indication of upcoming originations based on open-close rate lock volume. ARM activity during the week soared by more than half, and the index, though, was most impacted by purchase money activity, which jumped 18% from the prior week. Black Knight reported in its mortgage monitor report that first lien originations amounted to 7.7 million loans for 2.1 trillion uh, during all of last year, uh, and that represented the highest dollar volume since 2007. Purchase hmm, money lending, in- yeah, yeah, and, and purchase money lending increased 13 percent between 2015 and 2016, uh, making that the strongest year since 2006. Um, over at, in Chicago, Guaranteed Rate, it announced that it's adding 22,000 square feet of space in the Windy City. And that space will make room for 280 new positions that are expected to be added this year. So uh, despite our uh, you know, expectations that we're going to see some layoffs across the board as refinances have fallen, um, there are going to be these non-bank lenders who continue to capture more market space and uh, grow as a result. Um, one of the big uh, pieces of news for our industry last week was that Dr. Ben Carson was confirmed by the Senate as HUD secretary on Thursday, and later that day was sworn in. Um, yep. D- data Welcome from uh, yeah yeah uh, data reported by Reverse Market Insight indicate that uh, FHA endorsed 4,426 home equity conversion mortgages in February. Um, it was the second month in a row that HECM endorsements were lower. Um, finally, uh, we got a notice from Mountain View Servicing Group, uh, and they announced that it's uh, marketing mortgage servicing rights on nearly a billion dollars in GSC loans. And that particular offering has a concentration in California of 23%. Um, and that's pretty much some of the biggest headlines we've had over the last week. Of course, you've covered some already otherwise. But uh, so we've got some, got some other stuff we saw too, but it's been an interesting week. It has been. Again, it looks like with the headlines starting off over the weekend, oh, it's going to be another interesting week. So, Sam, good stuff. <laughs> I love your headlines. I love how you cover it. You do a great job. I encourage people to go to your website, mortgagedaily.com, and sign up, or they can email you at samgarcia at mortgagedaily.com, or give them a call, 214-521-1300. Thank you so much, Sam. Have a great rest of the week. See you back here next week with some more great headlines. Appreciate, Appreciate it, David. You betcha. Let's run over and hear from one of our sponsors. But we're going to hear from Shawnee. Shawnee is uh, one of the heads of marketing over there at ArchMI. We love, I just love working with Shawnee. Such a, just such a sweet person. It represents so many of the fine people at ArchMI. And uh, would just uh, like to encourage you to make sure you go out to their website and get signed up. So, Shawnee, let's let it, Thanks, let's David. Take it away. We're proud to be a sponsor of your program. And we're excited about the success of ArchMI RateStar, our dynamic risk-based pricing program that gives LOs a real competitive advantage. With RateStar, lenders can qualify more eligible first-time homebuyers, including millennials. Reach out to them with revolutionary RateStar. Appreciate it. We've got the profit doctor in the house. It's always good to know that the doctor is in the house. So let's go over to Andy Shell, and then we're going to get into the hot topic segment because I know you love in- innovation is about as much as anybody. And uh, so, I do. Andy, what you got? You've been busy guy lately. Do you have a webinar or something coming up here soon? 
Yeah, we do, Dave, and I do love innovation. Actually, one of my favorite classes in my graduate program was technical innovation and the, and the economic impact of technical innovation. It's so cool. Uh, but yet, yeah, we've got a webinar program then. Yeah, exactly right. So we have a webinar coming up in several weeks through the MBA. We're going to be presenting accounting. You know, when we talk about uh, technology deployment. It really is about um, uh, understanding what the users need, having the users explain what they want, and then having them participate in deploying that. So that's that's measurement, and it's encouragement, and it's accountability, and that's some of the essential elements of accounting. You have to have measurement in order to know what's happening, and then you can then encourage people to behave in a way that makes more money, and that accountability really drives home the result. So we're going to talk about how to read accounting. What does accounting mean? How does it work? What do the answers mean? How do you make sure you know what your profit per loan is, your profit per originator is, your profit by product is? And, and we're going to show how to do this not only with the really big accounting systems like A&B and Loan Vision, but also just using QuickBooks and how to do that and even interface data into QuickBooks. So you can have great results without spending a ton of money. We're going to talk about all of those things coming up on our four-week webinar that goes all the way through hedge accounting, hedging uh, derivative accounting, the derivative asset, the cost to complete associated with the derivative asset, all the stuff that sounds like, well, let's just let the accountants worry about that. (laughs) But when your warehouse line lender calls and says, why did your derivative asset change, you, you better know the answer, and we're going to teach you, you how better. to do that. You know what? I referred – I had a, a listener, someone who listens to the radio program, some an accountant get a hold of me, well-established wealth firm, and said, hey, Dave, I read your book. I read your chapter in the book that, on the mortgage handbook, and I'm, I want you to know someone about – that kind of learn some – educate me on derivatives. And so I said, oh, got to call Andy. This guy bought me breakfast last week in Scottsdale, and he says, this guy is one of the smartest guys I've talked to. So, And here's the, the neat thing that you and Alice have in common. You remember when you and I first met Alice, we go, oh, my gosh, we got to listen to another compliance person. You know, gag me, strangle me, God, I'd rather do almost anything listen to another compliance person speak. And then she came on and wowed us. You do the same thing. And so for those of you listeners that are out there listening – saying, I'm not interested in accounting. Well, I've got to have it, but I'm going to have someone else listen to it. I challenge you to listen to this webinar series. Andy not only teaches you, but he, he breaks it down so people like me who just do not have an aptitude for accounting pick up on it and do an amazing job of really learning it. And, and it, there's just not a better teacher on this whole topic as well as someone who can come in and help your business. Andy, thanks so much, and good luck on that webinar. Looking forward to having you. You're too kind, Dave. Being associated with Alice is just such an honor, so uh, thank you. You're too kind. Well, we're looking forward to having you on participate in the Hot Topics segment, and we're going to get right into that right now. Innovation in accounting, what Andy can make QuickBooks do, you would say, a lot of people argue you can't do it. Well, what our guests that we have on today say they can do, many would say you can't. Well, here's the story. So I'm getting ready. We board the flight to go out to Las Vegas where the LMA conference is. And uh, you know, when you're picking the row, I saw that I'm, I'm April first, so normally I'm up front. But the exit rows were all taken because it was a flight from Boston. So I'm looking around. Okay, can't go to my normal exit row. Where am I going to sit? So I'm sitting down and, you know, found a spot and so i went and joined into this uh, the row where this gentleman by the name of jared montez is 
And I'm going, oh, that'll be fun. Looks like, you know, just pick up, be polite, say hello. Well, my wife's joining me a little bit later. She's in the B group, boarding group, and doesn't fly as much as I do. So she's in the B boarding group. So she's coming down the aisle. She sees me talking. She goes, if you, I got a feeling that you two are going to just really have a conversation, a whole tri- trip, so don't let me sit between you. So I sat in the middle row and started picking up a conversation with Jared, and we have invited him on the radio program. Now, you say, Lickin, you mean you just met a guy on an airplane yesterday, <laughs> and you're inviting him on the radio program? Yes, and there's a real good reason why. And then we're going to get on with Kyle, who is our the guest that we have, Kyle McCray, who's uh, the uh, innovation manager at American Pacific Mortgage there in Northern California. So excited to have both of them on. So without further ado, I want to welcome Jared, and I want to welcome Kyle, and we're going to start with you, Jared. Jared, good to have you here, friend. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was quite the flight yesterday, David. That was one of those, you know, just uh, moments where you go, well, this is so cool, and I love what you're doing at a number of levels. And the reason we're, we're, I wanted to have you come on today is tell part of the story. But So I'm going to do part of it, and you're a ex-pro or a retired pro soccer player, celebrated, done really, really well. And then you started, you have a passion to teach soccer. So you started this YouTube channel called Online Soccer Academy. Folks, go check this out. And you wanted to give away some material. And you wanted to really have it be substantive. There's a lot of, you know, fluff stuff out there. And you really put together, is it 200 videos are out there right now? Jared, is that what it is? Yeah, probably a little more than that. But we usually say 200 plus, uh, about 26 million views and, while we're talking, people are uh, learning and watching content that will help them improve their game. So here's the best part. And how much do you charge for those videos? They're free. I love that. See, listeners, I've been talking about this concept of freemium and how it can draw customers to you. So listen to what he did next. So he's giving away these. He runs summer camps. So a lot of people are looking at these videos and saying, God, that guy's good. There's some really good videos. We ought to have him come and do a program. So one of the things you have been doing has been offering up these summer camps. Talk briefly about that. Yeah, so we we provide soccer camps around the country for uh, volunteer-based clubs that want more for their players. And either myself or one of our coaches will go out there and give them a fantastic coaching experience. And what they love about the videos, they love even more with our in-person coaching because we can do a lot of hands-on corrections um, and really help them at an affordable price. So you've been making a living. You're young. You just got married. You're having your first child. You uh, do you own a home yet, or have you? Are you in the process of buying one? I can't remember that part of the story. Uh, no, I uh, I do not ho- own a home yet. I've moved around a good bit, so it was never a situation where I should buy a house if I'm going to move in a year or two. Um, yeah. So I've been a renter, but um, I, I I now have all kinds of resources on on mortgage <laughs> when I'm when I'm ready to do that. Uh, so between my wife and I, we both own businesses, reinvested a lot of capital, et cetera. Uh, you know, that's where we needed to be financially uh, versus buying a house. Well, I really think you represent your generation because there's a lot of that, and you're doing, you're buying the home at a responsible time in your life, and it looks like that's coming up. You got your first baby on the way, a boy coming on. I said, boy, we find out boy or girl yet? We, we find out tonight. We're doing a gender oh. reveal party tonight. I'm actually going to kick a soccer ball, and it's going to put out blue or pink smoke, and oh. <laughs> we will know <laughs> if it's a boy or a girl. Yeah, I'm, awesome. pretty, I'm very excited well, about it. 
so one of the things that, – that's been your business model. You run these camps, making a decent living, doing these businesses that you have. But then you came across somebody, and now, folks, and we get to the exciting – well, this is exciting, just what he has been doing. But here he has started a new company. He's a co-founder of a new company called StatUp, S-T-A-T-U-P, StatUp.com. And the reason I wanted you to come on is talk about it because it is so innovative, the things you're doing, and there's these niches that are out there that people are not exploiting or are not exploiting them well. And I, I really want to talk about that. So give us the story for StatUp. Sure. So what Andy was saying about measurement and encouragement, you know, that applies to uh, athletes. You know, They want to measure things, and they want to be encouraged, and StatUp – really helps that. So StatUp is a skill tracking app for youth sports. Um, so for example, we're talking skill stats like passing, shooting, dribbling, more of the fundamentals of your sport versus game stats like goals and assists. Uh, so for example, we have a test called the Bex. Uh, we're trying to curl the ball into the goal um, and you take the test, your mom or yourself or your coach can track it. You know, first ball's a hit, second ball's a miss, third ball's a hit. And then once you hit save, that stat is displayed back to you on like a very nice graph kind of visual, which is encouraging. Um, what we're going to be layering on top of that is kind of answering the problem of so what. So, for example, let's say you do a dribbling test and you realize you're not very good at dribbling. We are going to link to helpful videos on YouTube that cover the subject of dribbling. For um, free. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, yeah, uh, for free. So it's a great resource. And, I mean, we do have a business model, but first and foremost, you know, our why is to help athletes reach their dreams. Um, and it gets us excited thinking about the the kid in India who lives in a slum and their only access to coaching information is online soccer academy and startup. And we can do that for free and empower them. I absolutely love that. And then what you can also do – <clears throat> with this app is you're able to start publishing and sharing. So you give this away to ad athletes, another free, and you but you charge, but you, your fee and it's it's like 140, 170 bucks or something for a team to sign up, and then all the athletes can sign up. Talk about your your revenue model a little bit. Just get a little insight. Sure. So we we are in version one. So if you go to statup.com right now, you're not going to see pricing up there. Uh, we're we've have a very it's an open beta, but we're not marketing. Um, the marketing will be coming soon, but the business model is a team account of up to 20 players is $149 a year. And then the athletes and parents can sign up. For a team of up to 20. Wow. I love yeah, it. Yeah. An athlete and parent can sign up for free. And from the, the business model and the marketing of that, you know, a truly great innovative tech product, in my opinion, should market itself. So let's yeah. say um, a player finds out about startup through their favorite YouTuber and they go take their first test, um, we want them to be able to sign up for free and get started. And then when they earn that first stat, they earn an unverified stat, but they'll get a little message. Congrats. You know, way to stat up. Want to get the stat verified? Invite your coach. And then the, hopefully so you know the coach gets invited. So once that stat is verified, then it's verified, it's published. And so then when you start looking at the implications, so if you have verified stats, and you have all these kids. What about recruiting? People that are wanting to recruit for colleges, they have new resources to go verified as stats. Or if they're in college, they get pros looking at this. The implications and what this means for athletes all over the world is just 
amazing. Yeah, it is pretty exciting. I mean, I'm a small-town kid from outside of New Orleans. I would have killed for something like this growing up. And there is no SAT for your sport. So imagine the idea of being a 10-year-old kid in small-town Texas, Nacogdoches, Texas. You're registering off the charts. We can ping an alert to the U.S. soccers of the world. Hey, here's a kid you should maybe take a look at for the youth national teams. Doesn't mean they can play, but they're worth taking a look at. And that technology can be applied to Republic of Ireland, um, you know, a pro team that has a youth academy with 76,000 players in their network. It's very interesting. And, you know, we believe we can be this software layer that's a part of the picture for these scouts and recruiters in time, in the future. I'm so excited about what you're doing. I love what you're doing, the worldwide implications of how you can bring soccer teams, those U.S. teams together and have them pair them up with teams in India, Africa, all over the world what you're doing, what the potential is. And then the last part, before we go over to Kyle, start talking about the innovation within the mortgage industry, you were just, I met you on a flight, you had just flown from Boston, and this is a part of the story that goes to the giving back. You met the founder of Snapchat, who had just gone public and rung the bell, and he was in a, in a, a bar, a lounge somewhere, and meeting other people. Tell, tell us briefly about that, that encounter, and then we want to get over to Kyle. Sure. So just to clarify, um, it wasn't the founder of Snapchat. It was the one of the lead investors and board members okay. in Snapchat okay. uh, or okay. Snap Inc. Um, his name is Snapping, Mitch yeah. Lasky, and uh, he's one of the owners at uh, LAFC, one of the new pro soccer teams. He's a founder at Benchmark Capital, sold companies to EA Sports. It was incredible. Uh, yeah, so on Thursday, Thursday morning, Mitch rang the bell at the New York Stock Exchange for, <laughs> with Snap. And Thursday evening, he was in Boston um, at a small soccer metrics meetup um, that he actually, you know, footed the bill for that no one really knew um, uh, for this because he just loves soccer and data and tech. And we just – I didn't – he introduced himself to me. I showed him sat up. He asked a question. I made a joke that he was wearing a sport coat and he must be an investor. He said it was a VC. We started chit-chatting. Then he said – I asked who he was with. And I felt like <laughs> he said benchmark capital and I almost spit my drink up because I knew how big that was. And yeah, we just chit chatted for 25 something minutes about soccer and tech and snap and uh, his son's a YouTuber and plays FIFA video game. It was, it was, it was so impressive to see someone who someone just loved did. it. Like he, his firm made over a billion dollars in a day and he's just, he, he's at the bar talking soccer and tech. It was incredible. It's so cool. I love your story, and I think we're going to have you back to hear more and track your success. Jared, I just want to say thank you for taking time to join in and uh, just wish you all the success in the world. I, I'm going to track it as soon as yours goes public. I want, I want the A round, man. I want the fan, friends and family round. I want to get in on that. That's a really cool product, and you're doing some cool stuff, brother. Appreciate well, it. Well, thank you. Well, we, we just did our seed, so there's still an A round available potentially. All right, man. I'm looking forward thanks, to it. Thanks, David. Jared, thanks so much for dialing in and being here with us to sharing of the story outside the industry. And listeners, the reason we do this is we go outside the industry to look at things that we can do inside the industry, some innovation things, innovative things. So we've got Kyle McRae, and we're on with the program with us today. And um, Kyle is the innovation manager at A American Pacific Mortgage. Kyle, good to have you here, friend. Really appreciate it. And you're a regular listener. Yes. Thanks, David. Big fan of your show. 
I love it, man. You're an intrapreneur and a disruptor. I love that. Talk about, let's get into some of these things, and we're going to let this program run over the 1 o'clock hour, uh, excuse me, at 1 o'clock central time, but run over a little bit because I really want to get into some of the things. You have a unique perspective, and first of all, kudos to your company for creating an innovation manager who really has a tendency or who is focused on innovation. So let's start off. What, in your opinion, uh, is the future of mortgage business, and how do you see technology playing a role in that? Well, you know, thanks, thanks, David, and and I appreciate you letting me join the innovation conversation today. I, I, uh, I, I really enjoyed you uh, speaking with uh, Jared, I, although I didn't get a chance to have the same conversation with you on the plane. I, I get to enjoy speaking to you now. Um, just <laughs> taking a taking a step back, um, want to give some context as to kind of my role and, and what I do for American Pacific, yeah. just so the listeners kind of understand. I, I, I do pretty frequently get the question, so what does innovation manager do? Um, yeah. And what do I do specifically for American Pacific? So just I meant to context. go there first here. I got so excited about what you're talking about. Yeah, let our listeners get <laughs> I love to know it briefly too. who you are and a little bit about your company. Yes, that's a great place to start. I, I, sh- I share your excitement. So just real quick, uh, American Pacific is a top 10 retail uh, mortgage lender in the nation with about $10 billion in annual production. Um, as an innovation manager, my job is to just simply help advance the company for the future. Um, a, a little bit about myself. I, I started in the technology industry working for Apple, uh, so I can certainly oh, speak cool. uh, the technology conversation. That's, that's my background. But since I moved over to the mortgage space, I still spend a majority of my time kind of bridging the gap between both industries um, and how we, we leverage technology to uh, – uh, how we leverage technology to to capitalize on opportunities to recognize and and move on trends that we're seeing in the marketplace, et cetera, et cetera. So that's a, a little bit about uh, our company and and what I do. So here's a question for you, Andy. When we worked together years ago, uh, converted me over from uh, the the Windows world into the Mac world. So do you use Macs? Are you seeing an insurgence, a, a growth of Macs in in the mortgage world? I've seen more evidence of it, but it's certainly not dominant. But seeing evidence of it. Yeah, it de- it depends. So uh, I, I would say, from my experience, not just in the mortgage industry, but in the in, in the in the enterprise uh, industry in general. Um, PCs still still are the dominant tool. Um, what what I've seen uh, just from my experience, because I'm I'm an Apple guy. I was trained Apple. I'm an expert in Apple. Uh, what I've noticed is um, the, I got, the I'm Apple is taken over. I got a new help desk to call. I hope not. But we're pretty good at it. We're good. Keep yeah. Going, so, uh, but what I've what I've noticed is uh, Apple's kind of taken over the the mobile device uh, market yes. and and yes, slowly taking over kind of the more traditional businesses through the you know hundreds of millions of iOS devices. Those are the iPhones, the iPads, etc. So I, I'm I'm noticing um, more of the mobile devices now in the mortgage industry than I ever have. Yeah, I think that the mobile, the whole movement to the mobile is just so critical, and it's really playing to the next generation. You know what's really interesting? Doug Duncan, when he spoke at the conference of Scottsdale on Friday, 
said, you know what we're noticing is everyone – it's the millennials that are drawing us to go mobile, but who's really going at it as much as the millennials is the baby boomer generation. A lot more right. baby boomers are starting to apply online. I know Andy did that when he applied for his loan. Uh, everyone mm-hmm. I that I think there's just more evidence of it. So I don't think it's just a millennial play. I think it's really a broad play. So it speak to some of the, th- the innovation in the mobile apps. Where That's did, right. You look at Rocket Mortgage. Everyone knows you can't pump gas today without seeing a market uh, that Rocket Mortgage app. I, I talked to Bill Emerson about that. I go, man, could you just back off a little bit? It's like it's in your face everywhere. <laughs> but good marketing. But That's you on know, purpose. Yes, <laughs> they're doing a great job of defining that they are the, the innovators out there. But so what what do you see as far as the mobile play? Where is that? I mean, is it going to be like Jared's app is a SaaS model. It, it is, it's mobile ready. Right. Uh, you see other things. Is, is it more of a SaaS app that is like DNHs, which is uh, mobile ready? And in other words, you're, you're inputting data into the, the cloud and into the primary m- machine that runs all of it. What are you seeing there? Right. So um, I'm going to I'm going to go back to one of your first questions about the, the future of the industry. And I see where where technology is is kind of bridging the gap specifically for the mortgage industry. And then I'll, I'll jump right back into right. where I think mobile uh, will play a part in that. Um, certainly, it's an interesting question. Um, and and uh, we don't have a crystal ball. So there, there's no guarantee. But I was coincidentally having this conversation with our chief operating officer at American Pacific one of the smartest guys uh, in our business. And, and there's two types of mortgage businesses, and you just referred to one of them. Uh, one is, is uh, however, m- more the traditional mortgage company where technology plays a role. Uh, and, right. and American Pacific Mortgage kind of would fit in that bucket. Your more traditional, longstanding mortgage companies fall in that bucket. The second bucket um, the the one that let's let's say Quicken Loans may fall under is uh, the tech companies that do loans, the ones that are yeah. are foundationally built uh, on technology, and uh, but but they happen to be in the mortgage industry, um, and the and the one thing I, I will uh, say from our experiences is, is don't get lost in the technology. Um, Good point. The, the the purpose of technology in our mind is is to to really enhance the human connection and the in in the customer experience and if you get lost in all of the newest latest greatest things um it it can it can distract you from ultimately what your job is is serving the customer now not just coming full circle, not just with millennials, but we're noticing with other generations, they're finding that technology is enhancing uh, the experience. And as long as we're being intentional about that specifically, um, I I think we're moving in the right direction. So is it important that mortgage companies Build innovative applications, or should they be partnering with third-party vendors? And and, and is there a, is yes to both? And if so, what which way would you recommend people to go? For what reasons? That's an important question. Uh, I think it comes down to a couple of different themes. Speed and quality come to mind, um, as yep. well as kind of playing to your strengths. So. Um, if, if your company has an aptitude or the resources to be able to deliver on 
a, a unique offering that is valuable to your customers, obviously that, that is a good fit. But what, what we're finding is, and, and what you can make an argument for, is with the pr- uh, proliferation of, of innovative third-party tools, um, right. and, and open APIs, that, that seems to be a, a, a really hot-button topic in not just the mortgage industry, but the, the financial services in, in, industry in general. So the, the ability to communicate between systems using these open APIs, it becomes less compelling uh, for the more traditional mortgage companies to build something from the ground up. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, again, it... it it kind of goes back to playing to your strengths, and 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 um, if you're able to uh, effectively deliver on um, something, uh, you know, a, a product or a service in a qu- quick and uh, way that that better serves customers, great. But what we find is oftentimes there's already a provider out there that offers something that you're looking to provide, and because that is their core competency, in most cases it, it, it makes sense to partner. So, again, it's, it's a case-by-case basis, but I, you can make an argument for both. I think there is an argument for both, and I think the argument to go out, build something innovative, uh, start from the ground floor up, is if your business model is unique, like it's a real unique consumer direct model. I think that's why Quicken has made the decision to build rather than buy. So there's really a strong point. I think you raised up a really good point. I think right. the thing that kind of worries me a little bit, Kyle, is you look at innovative things like what Jared's doing. And I, I mean, there's other companies out there doing innovative apps. He was, I mean, he was talking about it, and he's still on the line listening. I've, I've got to mute it out because just, I want to get all the way through here, but I want to bring him back in. I partly did it through the But there was innovative apps um, that have things, but they were, they're just not very robust. So I wonder if you just rely on third-party vendors, vendors that you're going to be finding an outlier come in like what Jared's doing, and it's doing it in a really big quality way and cannot do it. So I, I don't know that there's an answer. I think you, you just got to keep your head up and be going at these, at these conferences. The technology conference coming up here in Chicago will be very interesting to see new apps coming in. There are going to be outliers that come in that are going to be disruptors, and that's one of the things you do. So what do you, how do you look at right. disruption? That's one of the things I would love to have our audience here. What are you doing to look for those disruptors? Are you going to conferences? Are you reading? I mean, how do you, how do you stay on top of all of it, Jared? Excuse me. I don't think of Jared here. Yeah, no, no problem. And, and I, I really enjoyed uh, your question or, excuse me, your conversation with Jared and, and Statup. I, I wish I had that. Growing up, I, I've been in sports uh, all my uh, all my life, uh, leading up to my prof- you know uh, professional, professional life, yeah. uh, career. Uh, but um, you know, and, and even uh, the the prophet Dr. Andy was was speaking to this, and Jared referenced it in his conversation is uh, the the technology that allows you to do your job better, to better serve customers, is is right. uh, to enhance the customer experience. Is something that we look for. The the being able to measure and and be more accountable uh, to the customer experience is what drives innovation for American Pacific. But there's a couple of themes behind um, what we look for. One is, and we would recommend, I would recommend any company looking to be, quote, unquote, more innovative, um, is it, it has to come from the top. The leaders in our organization prioritize innovation. 
Um, that it is it is built into our strategic initiatives, um, and it's uh, constantly top of mind for how the company um, tries to always look for the next thing or or stay ahead of the curve. Um, so you always need that support at the top level. The second piece is uh, it never ends, and so unless you have dedicated uh, support. Um, an innovation manager, not necessarily, but someone that's, that's constantly on behalf of the organization or a group that is, is always looking out and up. I love the fact that you're bringing in, you know, uh, guests that are not from the mortgage industry because we have a lot to learn from other industries, not just the mortgage business. Uh, but, if, but if you don't have dedicated uh, a team or a person that's constantly looking for those opportunities, you're going to miss them, and especially with, with how quickly technology moves today, um, that, that's even more of a need for understanding what's out there and, and uh, you know, going back to building it or partnering with someone is, is once, you're, once you're understanding of, you know, what's the next greatest thing, then you can have the conversation of, well, can we deliver on this ourselves or can we go find someone that is doing it already? Yeah, that's a great point. And Bill Lohman, I want to give him a shout out. Uh, he, he was uh, part of the IMB network, uh, Independent Mortgage Bankers Network, and invited that's me right. to come on and do a webinar here a week ago. I think it was a week ago, Monday, just recently, after the IMB conference where I spoke. And they invited me to talk about our business process improvement because we're doing some very innovative things here. So it was really good. And, and a big shout-out to Bill as the president of American Pacific Mortgage. Great company. I encourage anyone who is looking for an innovative company to give American Pacific Mortgage uh, a consideration because uh, just the fact that they have an innovation <laughs> manager is just really cool. But let's talk about retail, re- retail mortgage lenders and staying relevant in an industry that is ripe for disruption. I mean, what are you seeing the best practices there? What? How, how can you stay relevant? Right. And, and that it's even more important for, for our particular business uh, because the, the industry in general has been ripe for disruption for quite some time. And I think that's, for about that's why we're years, seeing yeah, a lot of – Right. <laughs> that's fair. Um, and that's probably why we're seeing a lot of, of new companies, primarily technology companies, com- moving into our space. But um, – you know, and certainly I, I love listening to your show and, and one of the conversations, I think it was a while back, uh, one of your, your guests, uh, Dale uh, Vermillion, talked, yeah, about, yeah, yeah. talked about this, um, is, is mortgages are becoming or, or viewed more as a commodity uh, nowadays. And, and now more than ever, um, it is important for especially retail lenders to be able to differentiate between value and price. Um, yes. And the, the best, the best companies, um, you know, no longer can be great at one thing. You almost have to be great at a lot of things, but the, the one thing um, more specifically that you have to do better than anyone else is, is the, providing the best service possible. And, and serving customers in the way that they want to be served, excuse me, served. And, and this is where I bring technology in is, is we, we had a discussion earlier about how we can uh, not how 
newer generations, but not just new generations, are gravitating towards technology uh, as a way of doing business is if that's the way our customers are going, we've got we've got to meet them there. We've got if they're going to start yeah. the yeah, if we're going to yeah. start the, the – if our customers are starting the home buying process online, we've got to meet them there. If our customers are expecting – go ahead. Yeah, and so that's exactly what I'm going to appeal to. How, is, is that how you're appealing to the younger generation is by monitoring those statistics and, and looking at that? And, and I'm really fascinated by your reach and appeal to that younger generation or to anybody that's just following that trend. That's right. And, and, and there's a lot of stereotypes about millennials. I, I happen to be one, so I don't know if this is me just saying I, I don't want to be defined, uh, you know, in a box per se. Uh, yeah. But um, it, it, it's, there are some, some trends. And it's very clear that, you know, customers, consumers, even newer generation home buyers are uh, looking for technology to help educate them on the process. Education is right. key. Um, uh, for, for younger generations, um, despite what we're told, more often than not, we're going to go research it. We're going to go find some information on the Internet about it, or we're going to find uh, different tools that help educate us, educate us on the process. Um, so it just kind of goes along the theme of, of, you know, in order to better serve our customers, we've got to think and act more like them. And it just so happens that um, newer home buyers today use technology to, to help them uh, make what would be potentially the, the largest financial decision in their lives. Well, I think, I mean, I'm looking at the clock, and we do have to be somewhat respectful of our listeners and their time. So I want to wrap up our discussion with some strategies that you recommend, some good strategies for attracting new business professionals. We need desperately to get new young blood in our industry. Average age of an appraiser right. is now over 60. The average age of an LO is over 50, probably in the upper end of 50. How do we attract your generation into this and again kudos to bill and the team there for recruiting you in and and really motivating you because you sought us out you did i didn't seek you out you sought us out so it's just i'm so glad you did kyle and i'm honored to have you as a regular listener but what are some strategies we can do for attracting new business professionals yeah it's an honor to be on the show and and thanks to to bill our president and ceo and kurt our chairman for for giving us this opportunity and me um, to, to, to be here today and share the conversation around innovation. So, um, you know, how do we attract new professionals into the industry? I think I, I heard it uh, referred to as we have a very mature workforce. I think that's a, a kind way to, to describe <laughs> kind of, way kind of the average part, yeah. of, of loan officers today. But, um, you know, here's an ongoing discussion I have with a lot of uh, branch managers is – not only do they see in the short term for offsetting things like lower production, but, but obviously overcoming the inevitability of, of the aging workforce and, and um, you know, loan officers are retiring. So how, how do we augment that? <clears throat> obviously, uh, millennials are, are a great uh, opportunity. Um, there's a couple things that I would recommend. One is you've got to overcome kind of the stigma or the bad memories from the past, you know, decade or so. Recent years, of the yeah. Industry, yeah. Of the industry in general. You know, if, it, if it's not their family or they've been personally impacted by 
the the housing crisis issues yep. that we've had to the housing crisis, for example, uh, then they've had you know either family members or friends. So we've got to be able to overcome those over overcome those. So the the second part is 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 really better selling the industry. Uh, to the new workforce is understanding the things that are important to them, the flexibility. Uh, you talk a lot about giving back, and, and this is something that I, I want to mention. American Pacific Mortgage has a nonprofit organization called APM Cares. Uh, the, uh, every employee uh, just about donates uh, from every single paycheck. The branch managers, the, the loan officers, the corporation donate a fraction of every single loan that we do towards a fund that goes back to – uh, supporting our people and the communities they serve. So, uh, cool. you know, and just along, along the theme of social responsibility, that's very important to the next generation and, and kind of highlighting these things that, that the mortgage industry offers. If we can better sell that to the next generation, I think we'll in, in part reinvent, you know, the process a little bit, but um, I, I think we're going to appeal more I, you know, I'm a millennial. I'm attracted to this industry because of the opportunities. I know that, um, you know, more people my age are looking at this as a as a viable option for their future once you know they they're leaving um, college and they haven't for quite some time. So there, there there's a lot of opportunity, um, and it's just depending on you know companies like American Pacific and others that uh, go out and position it in a unique way and and uh, attract those newer generation professionals. That is very good. Very good. I think there's a lot of great information. A lot of people are going to want to talk to you and get to know you better. How some what's the best way for people to reach you, Kyle? Email. Um I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Um you good. can uh find my contact information on, on LinkedIn and I'm more than happy to answer any questions uh, your listeners may have. Let's get over to Andy and Alice. Start off with Alice being the gentleman that we are. Alice, do you want to add any questions into this that kind of rise up as you're listening to this innovative discussion? Yes, well, thanks, Kyle. It's been very interesting listening to that. So as the senior generation here, actually, I don't feel like it, right? I, you know, anyway, so the, I think um, in the technology space, there is a lot of new innovation around OCR and Fannie Mae's Day One Certainty. So I know the conversation has been focused right now on, that front-end customer, you did mention about the purpose of tech is to enhance that customer experience. Is your company looking at trying to add efficiency in the operation so you can close loans sooner? And, and what are you looking at that's really proving to improve, that right now is improving that mm-hmm. customer experience? Right. Right. Well, and, and you're exactly right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Most of the, the discussion today was uh, focused on the front-end but certainly investments in the back end can ultimately enhance the customer experience. And it, and it all goes back to uh, being intentional about every investment that we make at America Pacific is, is uh, for the purpose of enhancing the human connection and, and that experience. So you talk about day one certainty, you talk about kind of, uh, you know, back end investments. 
if if we're holding ourselves accountable to um, you know as long as the investments that we're making and and our chief operating officer Keith Becker uh, is is probably more qualified to answer this question, but in whether it be on the on the front end and some of the creative things we're doing within the innovation department or on the back end on the operational side and the more traditional side of the business, it doesn't matter. We're all we we all have. A focus on driving that experience, and all of the investments we make um, ultimately have a positive impact. Whether it be speeding up the process, whether it be adding more transparency to uh, the different stages or steps, Uh, if it it it, and it may just simply offer uh, a, a useful way for the loan officer to better communicate with their borrower. In all of those cases, the experience of the consumers um, at the forefront of our mind. That's really good, Andy. And then we're going to wrap it up by going back to Jared. I see he's still dialed. Then we're going to go back to Jared after Andy. Andy, questions, comments? Yes, absolutely, Kyle. Hey, thanks for being on the show. Great conversation. I wanted to uh, first off say, be sure and tell Ralph Hintz and his team hi for me. They're a great group of Ralph. folks, some of the best best in the in the industry. Uh, you know, I love innovation and I love intuitive applications. I've been an Apple guy since probably before you were born. I've been running Apple since the mid-80s. More like an Apple evangelist, Apple. that's for sure. <laughs> I am great. very much so. Got Dave on board. So my, my question, question, Kyle, is how, how do you, you know, technology adoption – comes from being effective in using the technology, and that that adoption comes from being able to make it do what you want it to do, and that often means training. It means some level of discipline to watch the videos, read the manual, go to a class, learn how to use it. How do you effectively get adoption of your staff to accept all this new, innovative, cool technology that you're able to bring that really will make their life better, but they have to go through the learning curve to get there? That is such a great question and something that we have to manage on a daily basis. Um, so I, I feel like that we're turning into an Apple commercial here, uh, but, but I'll, I'll try to keep it specific <laughs> to uh, the, the mortgage uh, industry and, and the products that, that we're managing today. Uh, adoption is a, a hot-button topic for, uh, I believe, not just our organization but other organizations. So the, the theme of there's so many things out there and this. Uh, so many new technologies that are being invented every day can be distracting. So how, how do you um, create a way to uh, align, um, you know, all the different departments uh, with uh, what you're trying to accomplish? Uh, we, we, we've talked a lot uh, on the show today, and I've mentioned it a few times just being intentional about what uh, Great you know, we're doing from start to finish, and, and that's a, a theme that we live by uh, at American Pacific. But it, it, it's a coordinated front, and, and really it takes, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of effort to do that. We have well, I, um, accounting departments, and we have uh, you know IS departments, we have training departments, we have compliance, we have legal, all these teams, and if you can provide some kind of catalyst or glue kind of like uh, what, what we leverage innovation for is kind of just bringing all these partners together, uh, whether they work together or not um, from a traditional sense, and then organizing how we 
fulfill those requirements, whether it be adoption, whether it be conversions, whether it be whatever those metrics for success are, and then holding ourselves accountable to those over time. These are long-term investments our company uh, is making, and, and uh, we, we maintain that perspective, but we are committed to holding ourselves accountable to, to those, those metrics. There you go again, measurement, encouragement, accountability. Awesome. I love it. Great stuff. Hot buds for all of us. Andy, you've been preaching this for a while. I love how you live it out and work with companies on that, as I do, as as Alice does. But I want to say thank you so much. I'm going to turn on Jared's mic again. Jared, you've been listening to this whole discussion. Mortgage banking is just so boring. I mean, it's just been around forever, and we've got all this regulation. Uh, your thoughts as you're listening to this as we wrap up the program. A couple quick comments. Oh, I don't find it boring at all. It's fascinating. And, you know, at its core, yeah, you might be selling mortgages, but really you're enabling someone's dream. Yeah. That's right. I get to be a homeowner because of what you do, and that's powerful. And you can tell a story around that and build a brand around that and experience around that. And you and I spoke on the plane about customer service. Whether you're a baby yeah. boomer or a millennial – at the core, you just want to get the answer you need. You know, we have a big headline yeah. on the statup.com help page. Get the answer you need. Contact I love it. self-help. So, I you love know, it. If, if, I'm, if I'm Kyle and I'm a millennial and I come to a site and I don't need to talk to anyone, I just want the information I need. If I'm a 55, 60-year-old person and I want to put down a mortgage on my daughter's home or something, I need to call someone just because that's my style and, and how you design a customer service plan to fit both of those because at the core they all want the same thing they just want it a little differently um yeah and and you know i find that fascinating speaking to you guys because you have the ability to take something so complex and how do you drill it down so simple so that your customer can get through the process and buy i think that's the key i encourage people to go check out your website statup.com thank you so much what a great I enjoyed visiting with you on the plane and having you just really lead us off and get us inspired in some new innovative ways. So thank you, Jared, for joining us. Really appreciate co-founder of StatUp. And a big thank you to Kyle McRae there at Asian Pacific Mortgage. Kyle, thank you so much for joining in on this discussion and uh, kind of talking about some of it. And I'm so glad you reached out to me. You hunted me down, found me, and uh, – this has been really good. And Kyle is the entrepreneur and disruptor. Folks, do you have a Kyle working at your shop? If you don't, send this podcast over to the organization and um, over up, up the channel and get it over to your company headquarters. It should be in position at, at the C-suite of every major company. Kyle, thanks so much for joining us, friend. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It was an honor. Special thank you to all of our regulars, uh, Andy, Alice, uh, Joe, uh, who's on vacation, but Paul and Sam, we appreciate all of them making a contribution to this program. Folks, we appreciate you taking the time to learn. tune in. Next week we have Ari Karen talking about some new legislative updates, uh, some new items that he's going to be talking about, new announcement that's coming out or has been made, and he's going to be coming out. You don't want to miss next week's program. Ari Karen with Offit Kerman and uh, – He'll be giving us an update at that point. Folks, have a great week. I hope you're here at the Ellie Mae Conference. Let us know. Love to see you and connect with you. Thanks so much. Have a blessed week, everyone. Look forward to seeing you back here next week. This has been Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin, of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us again next week, and thank you for listening.